Hey, Jeffrey Craner here. We have some amazing merch in the Welcome to Night Vale store. We've got some basic Night Vale logo stuff like shirts, doormats, beach towels, pins, posters, and totes. And that's a fun way to tell the world, hey, I like this show and I want you to know about it. But we also have so much more than just logoed items. We've got, quote, shirts that have some of your favorite Night Vale sensibilities, like pain is just pain entering the body, all tattoos are temporary tattoos, kill your double, and anything is a pinata if you hit it hard enough. There's also beautiful and disturbing blankets designed by Jessica Hayworth, Akashic plushie, mugs, sticker packs, Big Rico's aprons, Hoodies, jigsaw puzzles, spider wolves, baseball caps, night veil collars for dogs, bandanas for humans. We even have a challenge coin now, and of course, shorts that say creepy on the butt. Because butts can be creepy, and we should celebrate that. You can get Night Vale merch at welcometonightvale.com. Click on store. That's welcometonightvale.com. Click on store, and hey, thanks. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving, cleaning, and even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Love is a many-legged thing with human skin and no eyes. Welcome to Night Vale. On Monday, the City Council, led by the Chair of the Community Guidelines Committee, Tamika Flynn, unanimously passed Ordinance 8304B, which states that the teaching and practicing of science within the city limits is a crime punishable by a minimum two years imprisonment and $2,000 fine. This law was enacted to stop Dr. Janet Lubell and her research staff from the University of what it is, but it is not doing this at all. It is only creating confusion amongst citizens of Night Vale. All over our city, people are asking, what is science? Is archeology span science? What about baking? That seems like science. Cars and pills were invented through science. Does that mean we cannot drive to work or take our medications? Boxing is called the sweet science. Is it now illegal to punch people? There are more questions than answers. Meanwhile, my husband Carlos, who's now without any scientific work to do, has been calling me constantly because he's so bored at home. He called before my show started just to say that this new ordinance hasn't stopped the university of what it is from practicing science while maliciously skirting the rules. He has said that he's seen Dr. Lubell's henchman, Dr. Blake Jones, all over town wearing a variety of disguises. Carlos saw him buying coffee at the Spiky Hammer coffee bar, but Dr. Jones was wearing a pasted-on beard, a purple wig, and gimmick New Year's Eve glasses in the shape of 2009. Carlos saw him later that morning at Dark Owl Records, 
but this time with a bald cap, a fake mustache made out of electrician's tape, and a blue velvet chapeau. Carlos described Dr. Jones as nervous and chatty. And this is very shady behavior, and it needs to stop. Nightvale, it's clear that the University of What It Is is coming into town for data gathering and then conducting the actual science back in their trailer labs just outside of city limits. So if the city council is going to pass such draconian laws, they should at least specify that data gathering is a key part of science and should be illegal. And now an update on former mayor and radio station intern, Dana Cardinal. The University of What It Is has the body that they believe to be of Dana's double, or of Dana herself. Either way, Dr. Lubell is determined to learn whether or not a murder was committed 10 years ago between doppelgangers. We do not know how long this process will take because of the law against studying science. And while we wait, Dana sits alone in a jail cell. I've been going over to her apartment every day to feed her plants and water her fish. Or is it water plants and feed fish? I forget. Either way, I want to take care of my friend. If it is determined that the body is Dana's double, well, she could face life in prison for murder. I mean, maybe even the death penalty, so I'm worried for her. I know Dana says she's fine. She tells me she's so glad to finally confront this horrible moment from her past. And justice, whether guilty or innocent, will be a welcome closure for her. Still, I've offered to help her out by referring her to my own lawyer, Danny Vaccaro. They're the best in the business, I think. I mean, I've never met another lawyer, so it's also possible that they're worst in the business. Either way, they're definitely in the business, and that is enough for me. So, if you want to contribute to Dana's legal fund, I've placed a cardboard box in front of the radio station. Just drop any loose change you have in there, and I will make sure she gets it. Oh, no coins, please. Only $20 bills or larger. Vaquero is very expensive. Carlos has called me again. Gosh, he is so antsy without any science to do. He said the mood around town is weird. No one's talking to him, not even looking him in the eye. He can feel everyone's judgment upon him as a scientist, even though he's not doing any science at all. Carlos said he's doing his best to signal to everyone that he is neither practicing nor teaching science. He's wearing his dare to keep kids off geology shirt. He's also forcing conversations about his lack of scientific curiosity, saying things like, well, hey there, Tim, good to see ya. <sniffs> Not sure what these puffy, dark clouds could mean. Must be some very angry god. Or, hello, Maxine, don't you think birds must be magic to be able to fly like that? I sure do, because I've never given any thought to how anything works. Yet, he's still getting wary stares from his fellow citizens. And Carlos said he's tired of being cooped up at home all day, but, you know, maybe he shouldn't be out in public either. Carlos, be careful out there. And Night Vale, lighten up. Our scientists have it tough enough as it is. What with all the physics and atomic weights and, 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 and periodic tables, they don't need to be nervous about getting arrested at Target for reading the 
ingredients on a box of Cliff Bars? I heard from my niece Janice the other day. She tells me that her friend, Josh Creighton, is safe and sound. He's been missing for nearly three weeks, and we were all very worried, especially since the University of What It Is expressed interest in studying him for his shape-shifting abilities. But according to Janice, Josh has been in California visiting his best friend, the child of the glow cloud, whose name is... But who, as the only glow cloud which now exists, has been starting to go by the nickname, the glow cloud. Ever since their parents were explained away by the University of What It Is, the glow cloud has immersed themselves in their studies at Stanford. And they haven't been able to come home, not even for their parents' memorial services. It's, it's all been too painful. Worried about his dear friend, Josh headed up to Stanford last month to cheer them up and to keep them from returning home to Night Vale. Well, Janice, Janice thinks they should both come back because it's important for friends and family to band together in times of great danger. But Josh knows that Dr. Lubell would want nothing more than to explain away another enormous glowing cloud that drops dead animals and controls humans' minds. So Josh is keeping himself and his dear friend safe. And I think I agree with Josh. I hope they're both okay. Listeners, I want to thank you again for the many kind and generous emails over the past few months. You've expressed sympathy for the management change here at the station. You've supported my many attempts to defend our town from the University of What It Is. Thank you. It has meant so, so much. But the winds have changed, I'm afraid. The past couple of weeks, I've been getting critical and sometimes even downright hateful emails from my listeners. And it all has to do with Carlos. You seem angry that I would protect a known scientist in my home, that, that I would defend this man on the radio, that, that I have evaded the fact that Carlos is an alumnus of the University of What It Is. Here's one such email from Morris Sanderson, which, you know, just kind of sums up the kind of correspondence I've been receiving. Morris writes, Cecil, I've been a listener since you first went on the air. Your rant against the passing of the Smoot-Hawley Tariff Act was one of the finest segments of radio I ever did hear. Thank you, Morris. He continues. But I find you almost unlistenable these days. This is a free country, Cecil. You cannot curtail the freedom of some citizens who wish to curtail the freedom of other citizens. If you curtail our freedom to destroy others' freedoms, then you curtail our freedom. I've spent so many years listening to you while running my blender, and now my favorite hobby no longer brings me joy. I once smiled when I filled a jar with spoons and set the knob on liquefy. Now I only feel disappointment. You have lost a listener. Well, Morris, and all of Nightvale, really. I don't know what to tell you. I don't protect Carlos because I hate your freedom. I protect Carlos because I love him. He's done nothing but be part of this town. His history with the University of What It Is is simply that, history. He's no more a part of them than you are. Carlos has put down his protractor, set aside his slide rule in solidarity with you, Morris, and with this whole town because he loves it here. And I hope that you can understand that. 
I'm sorry, it's Carlos. Let me take this really quick. Carlos, honey, I'm on the... You what? You got arrested? Why? Why were you practicing science in public? Oh, they arrested you at the grocery store for calculating sales tax in your head? How did they know that that's what you were doing? Because you were singing your special little sales tax calculating song. Oh, Carlos, I always found that song so endearing, but now your cute habits have betrayed you. Yeah, yeah, that totally makes sense. Totally. Calculating sales tax is math, and math is hardly a science. True. Okay, Carlos, look, I'm coming to bail you out of jail. I'm pretty sure this was a case of the secret police targeting you and not a good faith effort to rid the streets of Dr. Lubell and her team. So uh, I think we have a legal fight ahead of us. No, I'm so no, I'm, I'm sorry, honey. I'll be there soon. Now, I want to say something to you, Night Vale, especially to the sheriff's secret police, Tamika Flynn and the entire city council. Your hysteria about science is misguided. It's like that old saying, you're cutting off your toes despite your aunt who has always loved your toes. And they're funny looking in the most adorable way and you go and you, you know, cut them off, upsetting both you and your aunt. This is a bad law you've created, but it's cultivated and an irrational paranoia against good people. Good people like Carlos. And I am very angry at you, but I remain most angry at the university of what it is. They are our true enemy, not science. And I'm not sure you still agree though, Night Vale. Okay, so I'm gonna go bail my husband out of jail. Oh, and I need to water Dana's fish too. Unlike our local government, I support my loved ones. So while I go do that, listen to this song. It's such a twisted thing Life is discomfort and coldness Cares are so bright it's the sun Love is so I can't. 
On my way to the jail to bail out Carlos, I stopped by Dana's apartment to take care of her fish and plants. And inside, I heard a noise. I ignored it at first, thinking it was just the wind or a mouse. But then I heard it again. It sounded like it was coming from the bathroom. Under the closed door, I could see the shadow of someone's legs moving about inside. And I should have been scared. But my only mood today is frustration. So I threw open the door and found a man wearing aviator sunglasses, bright red lipstick, and an admiral's cap. And I saw right through this flimsy disguise. It was none other than Dr. Blake Jones. I wrestled him to the ground to demand to know what he was doing in Dana's home. He explained that Dr. Lubell needed Dana's DNA to test against the cadaver. And with a ban on science, she couldn't ask the sheriff for a sample, so she sent Dr. Jones to secretly steal some of Dana's hair from a comb or saliva from a toothbrush and bring it back to the lab. I knew it, I declared, as I started to dial the police for his arrest, but Dr. Jones said, wait. And he began to cry and to apologize. He no longer wanted to do this. When I burst in, he wasn't stealing anything. He was just using this time away from Dr. Lubell to figure out how to quit, how to escape her maniacal grasp. She would ruin him as she's ruined so many others who have left her service, the way she's trying to ruin Carlos now, not merely by destroying him, but by destroying everything he loves. Dr. Jones said he's come to love Nightvale too, and he regrets his involvement in the explanations of Sarah Sultan and the Glow Cloud. He was so sorry about what happened to my station management and vowed to work the rest of his life for forgiveness. He doesn't know if he'll ever regain my trust or anyone's trust, but he wants to help save Night Vale from Dr. Lubell and her vengeance. I paused to take this all in. It was a good speech, a great one even, very well crafted and rehearsed. I've been fooled before by this man, and I wasn't about to let it happen again. So I called Sheriff Sam and had Blake Jones arrested for breaking and entering and for practicing science. Meanwhile, my lawyer, Danny Vaccaro, did their job to perfection. They completed the paperwork for Carlos's bail so he'll be back home in time for dinner, but Vaccaro also managed to free Dana Cardinal too. Vaccaro pointed out that the alleged murder took place on Friday, March 15th, 2013. However, murder was not made illegal in Night Vale until Thursday, August 15th, 2013, five months after the doppelganger incident. According to Vaccaro, prior to that date, which is inclusive of the timeframe in which the supposed murder took place, murder was perfectly legal within the city limits of Night Vale. Sort of like my favorite movie series about all crimes, including murder, being legal for a set amount of time, Vaccaro said, man, I love those toy stories. So gory. Sheriff Sam knew their only move would be to turn Dana's charges over to state or federal investigators, and they certainly weren't about to do that. Sam doesn't want Dana to go to jail for breaking federal laws, only for breaking local laws, so the investigation of the body will forever be moot. Dana is a free woman. We were all thrilled by the good news until Dr. Lubell showed up. 
I saw Dr. Jones, still in handcuffs, hide behind the sheriff as Dr. Lubell stepped in. I thought she was there to bail her cowardly henchman out, but quite the opposite. I don't care about you, she sneered at Dr. Jones. You can rot here for all I care, traitor. Then she turned to Sheriff Sam and said, Tell your city council that the university of what it is is here to stay. You've brainwashed not only Carlos, but Blake, too. And I take that personally. You'll be explained to nothing, Nightvale. Explained away until not a trace of this town is left. Outside the police office, I saw a line of trailers. Dozens long. Full of university of what it is. Researchers, labs, equipment, ready to thumb their nose at the law and perform their wicked science in broad daylight. There, there are just too many to arrest, Sheriff Sam whispered in what sounded to this reporter like terror. Dr. Lubell shined a bright, sinister smile at the sheriff and a fierce, tight-lipped sneer at Blake Jones. Then she left to join the hundreds of minions clogging the streets with science. Terrible, terrible science. Stay tuned next for the sound of halted breaths. Good night, Night Vale. Good night. Welcome to Night Vale is a production of Night Vale Presents. It is written by Joseph Fink and Jeffrey Craner and produced by Disparition. The voice of Night Vale is Cecil Baldwin. Original music by Disparition. All of it can be found at disparition.bandcamp.com. This episode's song was Norman Vember by Tristan James. Find out more at the link in our show notes. Comments, questions, email us at info at welcome to nightvale.com or follow us on Twitter at Nightvale Radio and Instagram at Nightvale Official. We now have a TikTok at Nightvale Official as well if you like short videos by a fictional radio station. And also check out welcometonightvale.com where we have a twice monthly mailing list and info about our Patreon, which now has a free membership level if you are not able to support the making of the show at the moment. Today's proverb. Take a hike. That's right. Get out of here. Why don't you go fly a kite? Go play in the street. It's a beautiful day, and you deserve to be outside. Hey y'all, it's Jeffrey Craner. So I do another fiction podcast called Within the Wires, which are stories told through the guise of found 
audio. Each season is a separate tale. You want a prison escape told through relaxation tapes? That's season one. Want a love story that unfurls through voice messages only? Season five. How about the revelations of an unexplained death told through a series of museum audio guides? Season two. There are seven seasons of Within the Wires for you to binge right now, each only 10 episodes long. So go get Within the Wires wherever you get your podcasts.